Welcome to Combos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where each episode covers the many facets of mental health and well-being. Hello, everyone. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on this episode, I'm excited to be talking with Dr. Barry Jones and Dr. And they will be telling us about transcranial magnetic stimulation, or otherwise known as TMS. So welcome to both of you. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having us. Research shows that TMS is an effective treatment for several common mental health conditions, but many people still don't know what it is and how it works. So I'm excited to learn more about TMS from the both of you today. So thank you. Mm-hmm. So what is transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS and how does it work? Transcranial magnetic stimulation is TMS and that simply means going through the skin and through the skull into the brain tissue about a centimeter or a centimeter and a half, not very deep at all. And we use magnetic pulsing TM is magnetic and S is stimulation. And it goes in a very rapid sequence of magnetic pulses that go into the brain tissue and activate those neurons that are in that outer part of this front part of your brain that we think are underactive to some degree in people who are depressed. So what we're doing If you can remember in school or if you can remember with one of your kids, if you take a nail and you wrap a wire around it and you hook it up to a battery, you make a magnet. So that's basically what we do. We have a coil that has wire in it. The electricity runs through the coil, not into your brain at all. And we turn it on and off very rapidly. And each time it turns on and off, it shoots out a little pulse of magnetic energy that goes through your skin and into your skull and into your brain tissue. And if you do that repetitively for 15 to 18 minutes, depending on the treatment, some a little bit longer, 20 minutes, you actually begin to activate those neurons And over a period of time, which means three, four weeks, just like with a medication, you can actually begin to see a change in your mood. So that's what TMS is, and that's how it works. Thank you. Very wonderfully put. Anything you wanted to add to that? Dr. Um, Jones, you did a great job covering that. Go ahead. You pretty much explained it really well. It's like a big magnet that's creating a field and stimulating the brain cells. So pretty much just exactly what he said. So I think what's so wonderful and what you guys are clarifying is that I think sometimes some of the misnomers of what TMS is, is that it's electricity going right into the brain, but it's this is a no. magnet. So I think that's magnetic a great clarification. Mm-hmm. Very helpful to know that. So which mental health conditions does TMS treat best? TMS has been FDA approved for treatment resistant major depressive disorder, like depression that's been there. Trials of medications have been tried and along with psychotherapy and it didn't work as well. And TMS has been shown to be very effective in certain anxiety disorders. It helps with certain anxiety issues. 
And that's also FDA approved. And along with that, obsessive compulsive disorder, but that's more the deep PMS than the superficial one, which is the more common one. But nevertheless, it does help with that as well. Yeah. If I can oh, add just a little bit yes. to that. She made a very good point. When I was talking about treating depression, major depressive disorder, I talked about it being in this area of the brain that we're activating, and it's relatively superficial, which means that we go into the brain tissue with the magnetic energy about a centimeter, which is about three quarters of an inch. It's not very deep. With OCD, the researchers have shown that we use a different location. It's actually right in the middle of the brain. And it's about three centimeters deep, which is about an inch and a half. So we have magnets that are specifically made to focus the magnetic energy into a deeper location. This area out here we call the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. It's just a location. That's for depression. The same area, but on the right side, is the right dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, and that's where you treat anxiety. And in the middle, but deeper, the dorsomedial, medial meaning in the middle of the brain, prefrontal cortex, but about three centimeters deep, that's where we would treat OCD. And there are some other less commonly treated things that we don't normally think of as specifically mental health related, but there is a treatment for migraine, there is a treatment for tinnitus. And so what we found with magnetic stimulation, depending on the area of the brain and the rapidity with which we're giving the pulsing sequence, we can activate that area or slow down that area, which is what we will do with anxiety to help treat the symptoms that the person has. Thank you, Dr. June. Thank sure. you for yeah. a little bit more detail with that. Yeah. Now, how does TMS compare to other brain stimulation therapies like ECT and deep brain stimulation? There is a real dramatic difference between TMS and ECT, or electroshock therapy. You clarified a little bit earlier that some people want to be reassured that there's no electricity involved with TMS, but that is exactly what happens with people who have ECT, electroshock therapy. It's a very effective therapy, ECT. However, you have to have anesthesia, you have to be usually in a hospital setting or an outpatient setting. You're not necessarily hospitalized, but you go into an outpatient setting like an outpatient surgery center in order to get your treatments. They actually cause a discharge of the brain, brain cells in a very organized kind of way, although it's very controlled because of the anesthesia. The effectiveness of that is about 50% for people who have major depressive disorder who have not responded to medications. The effectiveness of TMS is actually a little better than ECT. Hmm. Okay. We have about 70, 65 to 70% of people who get TMS 
will tell us that they are at least 50% better on rating scales. And actually a half of that 70% will tell us that their depression is in complete remission. Number one, TMS is a much, much less invasive treatment. You just drive up to the office, you walk into the office, you sit in a chair that's like a dental chair. We put this magnet over your head, we turn it on, and it gives these rapid pulses for a period of time. You get up out of the chair, you get in your car, and you drive off. Are you able just to drive the, home? You don't need to have someone with you. I think with ECT, no, you can't you just do. You need you, to have someone You absolutely yeah. do. It'd be like a surgery center. You'd have to have someone come with you to the treatment, and mm -hmm. they have to be there to drive you home. Both are very safe. I'm not saying one's not more safe than the other. It's just that one is less invasive in the sense of all the additional support and the things that you need to provide the treatment. How does it, how is it determined whether TMS is a good fit for someone? Well, anyone looking for, like Dr. Jones said earlier, more non-invasive treatment and anyone who's tried meds, who's been through therapy and felt like depression is not going away, that those people can be good treatment, like the, anyone who's tried the traditional methods, I'd say, no? Yeah. Dr. Jones, anything you'd like to add to she's, that? Yeah, she's absolutely right. The criteria for TMS is actually an insurance-driven criteria, which is not saying very much, other than the fact that if a person has tried, this is for all insurance companies, some have, I'll clarify, but the absolute max is you have to have tried four different antidepressants. You have to have taken them for at least six weeks. And you had to have taken at least 50% of the maximum dosage for that six weeks period. Or if you had a side effect to the medication and couldn't tolerate it, that counts as one of four trials. The second thing is medications are, we have what we call classes of medications. Well, most people don't really understand what that means, but it's how they work. And it would be similar to a person who we have different classes of antibiotics. There's penicillin and there's the mycin drugs and so forth, cyclothymines. So if you don't respond to penicillin, you wouldn't take another cylind drug. They would try a different class. So the same thing is true when we're treating people who have treatment-resistant depression. It has to have been in at least two different classes, some of the medications. So if a person has had those trials with medication and has also tried talk therapy, then they are a candidate, as far as the insurance company is concerned, for TMS. And if you've had those trials, most people have who are thinking about TMS have already met those criteria. It's interesting at least in my experience, and I've been doing it for about 10 years now, that medications really can help people with a depressed mood. By that, I mean they're very depressed, they have no energy, they have no motivation, they have no joy, they're tired all the time. Medications can really help 
with those symptoms. One of the groups of symptoms that medications usually don't do too much for is what we like to call the welfare emotions, joy, fun, interest, pleasure, laughter, those kinds of things. And for some reason, which I don't think we quite understand, TMS frequently will improve those symptoms also. A medication can get a person up out of bed, get them to work, get them being functionally productive, but the quality of their life may not be so great. But TMS, when it does work, and it works about 70% of the time, 65%, depending on the location, will they will tell you not only do is their mood improved, their energy is improved, that kind of thing, but they have more interest in things again. They feel like doing things. One of the examples that stands out in my mind a couple of years ago was a mother who had three children, five, seven, and nine, and the family always went to the beach on the, during the summer breaks. And the mother was telling me how she just dreaded going to the beach. And what she dreaded was the children wanting her to come down to the beach and play with them while they were in the water. And she just, it was just labor for her to get up and pull the tables down, pull the chair down, get the umbrella, and, and to be down there with the kids. She didn't look forward to it at all. After TMS, when she got to the beach and the kids said, I'd like to go to the beach, she really wanted to go to the beach. She got up and wow. put the, got the umbrella, got the chairs, went down and played with the kids for the first time in years. So wow. that's one of the differences, at least a lot of the times, that TMS works. It does something in addition to the other traditional symptoms of depression for that quality of depression. CT and medications don't seem to do much for either, for that kind of zone of depression. So when you have someone, Dr. Shuster said, who meets these insurance criteria and they aren't very, don't have much quality of life in their thing, that's another reason I think to think of TMS. It's not invasive and it's easy to do. Thank you. Yeah. What does a typical course of treatment look like? Oh, Okay. There will be assessments about if someone is qualified for it or not, and that requires an interview with a provider mostly. So after that is done, patients, they just are called in for what we call as a mapping day. We just know which kind of area of the brain that is to be stimulated. We need to know where the motor threshold is, but it's just a day where a provider sits with them and goes through the mapping system in the brain and localizes it. And then that's when the typical, th that's where the typical magnetic stimulation is sent daily. So of course, it looks like someone driving in at certain time is set up in a chair, the TMS chair, and the magnetic magnets are placed uh, over the head. It can go for anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes of time. And so not very long at all. doesn't yes. take very long. It's very short. And that's five days a week. Mostly people don't do on Saturday, Sundays. 
and mostly 36 days of course, uh, treatment course. So that's it. And they go home, okay. you know, you can drive back, they can carry on their normal routine. And, and that's where the non-invasive comes in, right? That's correct. Compete, right. My gosh, that's great. Uh, just to elaborate, you know, on the first day that people come in, uh, we use um, a series of measurements to locate this area of the brain. And we're trying to activate a space that's about the size of a nickel to maybe a quarter. And we'd like the coil, the center of the coil, which is where the magnetic energy comes out, to be right in the middle of that space. So we can use a series of measurements that will put us into that area very accurately and in a consistently repetitive way. Depending on the system, some systems will use laser guidance to put the coil right back into the same location. Some people will use some systems actually have a series of measurements that the chair of the person is sitting in. They would use that. They put their head into an area. It's not clamped in or anything like that. It's comfortably sitting, but they use measurements that are part of the system to uh, know how to put the coil right back into the same location when they come in each day. They don't have to do a remeasurement okay. of that each time they come. And once they put the coil there, then as Dr. Schrester was saying, we actually will use, there's not anything in this front area that we can visually use to know that we're getting enough energy, magnetic energy to be effective. So what we do is we will back up to this part of the brain, just right above the ear, and that's called the motor cortex. And those are just the neurons that move our muscles. We'll, we can, with again, with measurements, know exactly what part of, that moves our hand. And so we'll put the coil over that, and then we'll give a pulse, and we ought to see the hand wiggle. And we want to get it to where we just barely get a twitch of the thumb. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but not much. But you get the idea that we just use measurements the first time that they come in. And once we get that location, we can reproduce it very easily, and we use just enough to be effective. So we know if we can stimulate the neurons in the motor part of the brain, we got the same distance that we use in this area that we want to treat for the depression. So we just move the coil forward, or if it was for anxiety, we put the coil on the other side. It's a different thing when we have that middle one that's deeper. We have to use a different way of getting to that three centimeter depth and interestingly what we use is the toe and you go right down in the middle of the brain and the toe is about three centimeters deep so we get the toe to wiggle we're doing the same thing we're doing with the thumb that's interesting okay very interesting yeah. very interesting are there specific side effects to tms yes there can be some side effects although the side effects are pretty rare some patients do complain of headaches. Sometimes they might have some neck pain, a little bit side discomfort, like pain or irritation. Sometimes some people, very rare, might have seizure. But we have, and that's where the pre-assessment comes in. Like certain meds have to be avoided. Certain situations we have to completely say no to before starting the course. But these are extremely rare side effects. Mm-hmm. What you actually hear when you ask a person what it feels like 
they always describe it as it feels like a woodpecker tapping on your head. Nobody's ever had a woodpecker tapping on their head, but it's a very fast, rapid tap. And it feels not sharp. It doesn't feel like an ice pick or anything like that. It feels like the eraser end of a pencil. And it's just tapping on your head 10 times a second. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's very rapid. Yeah. For four seconds. Okay. Sounds something like this. <laughs> that's one, one sequence. And then it waits eight seconds and it does it again. And that's another 40 pulses. And those add up to 3,000 pulses per treatment. Wow. And that takes about 15 to 18 minutes. Oh, no, okay. thank you for describing that. That's helpful. Yeah. Can TMS do you? Oh, no, go ahead, Dr. Shesta. Yeah. Let's just say that's a very good visual demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. And sound effects. The too. audio wasn't too bad, was it? <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. <laughs> Let me see. Wait a minute. There was another thought that I had about that, though. I'll come back right, to if it. it. If it pops back in, just throw it out there. Yeah, I will. I'll so edit. Can TMS be used with other treatments? So, oh, it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, people, we do not encourage that. Like, if, okay. uh, if you're meaning more whatever meds they're on currently, along with talk therapy, yes, we do that. We recommend to continue it along with the TMS. But if you are talking about ketamine or mm -hmm. you might even go for ECT at the moment and on the other days they're like wanting to do TMS, we do not recommend that. Okay. Because it's already stimulating the brain with TMS and so we do not want overstimulation and just recommend to continue with the medications and the talk therapy along with the TMS sessions. Good to know mm -hmm. that. Very important to know mm -hmm. that. What are the costs for TMS? Is it covered by insurance? Uh, yes, it's covered by insurance. Uh, again, just to get a, a little bit of the history, TMS was actually approved by the FDA in 2008. So it's been around a good long time. Mm -hmm. Most people didn't don't know about TMS and the one of the primary reasons is it did not begin to be covered by insurance until 2016, 17, and 18. It started off with coverage by Medicare and then the Blue Cross groups for the most part, and then Cigna and Aetna and all of the major insurance companies now cover TMS. But it's only been in the last five, six years that most of the, that the insurance companies have begun to cover the cost. Now, like any other procedure, the cost to a person will depend on their insurance policy. It'll depend on their out-of-pocket co-pays that they have to pay, and it will depend on their deductible that they have to pay. But for most people, just to give you a round figure, it's about $1,000 out-of-pocket for a course of TMS, and that includes 36 treatments, one daily, okay. uh, as Dr. Shrestha said, five days a week for six weeks, and then three the seventh week, two the eighth week, and one the ninth week. So a total of 36. The reason we tapered that at the end, when it was originally approved, they approved 28 treatments. And people really did get a response with that, but they found that the maintenance of the depression, in other words, that continued to be improved, began to taper off. So they added these extra eight treatments 
to extend the period of time that the effectiveness would last. And again, you've asked how do people make decisions about which one to do next. I've already said that ECT is about 50% effective. TMS is 65% effective. ECT, even if it works, 50% of people will begin to have recurrent symptoms within six months. Now, ECT, frequently, people will get what's called maintenance ECT, which means they come back once a month and get a treatment, just one treatment. And they do that every month. And that significantly extends the benefit of ECT. With TMS, we have not been approved yet for any kind of maintenance protocol. We know it helps. And some practices are able to offer maintenance treatments once a week, once a month, like ECT, and people can pay for that out of pocket. But what we do know, which is a real benefit, since they added those extra eight treatments, ETMS, if you are a responder, you have an 85% chance of still doing well two years from now. So if it works, it seems to continue to work. That's another difference, I think, when you're thinking about which decision to make. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Any other takeaways you guys would like to add? I think we covered a lot here. Anything else to share? Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of things. Yeah, One, please. Uh, as, as Dr. Shrestha uh, said, there is it's a treatment for major depressive disorder, treatment resistant. That means just at least some insurance companies, Cigna and Aetna, now are only requiring two treatments mm-hmm. with, and the reason for that is. There was a large study done some years back trying to show what was the percentage of response rate from antidepressants for people with major depressive disorder over time. They started off with, it's called the STAR-D program. You can look it up. And they started off with 4,000 patients. Mm -hmm. They ended up with 2,500, which is one of the largest consumer type research projects with mental health. It was done by the National Institute rather than by an insurance company or drug manufacturing company. So it Mm -hmm. didn't have those kinds of biases. And what they found is that with your first antidepressant, you have about a 40, 50% chance of going into remission. And that's important. Remission means you have, you essentially described no residual depressive symptoms. It didn't mean response which means you're at least 50% better, but in remission. But if you did not respond to the first antidepressant and they tried a second one, your response rate dropped down, your remission rate dropped down to about 30%. Still, that's not terrible, but it's not real good. But the real kicker is your third antidepressant, you're down to 16%. And your fourth antidepressant trial, you're down to 5% chance of response. That's pretty miserable. Now we have TMS, and we're telling you, even after four trials, you have a 65% chance of response. That's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And you have a 35% chance, even after four trials, 
of antidepressants wow. and counseling of going into remission. So it's something you really should consider if you're not responding to the traditional treatments of antidepressants and or mm -hmm. counseling, and it's not invasive, it's in the office, and it's covered by most insurance companies if you meet those criteria. Um, interestingly, some of the younger generation, the only two trials, they really like that because they are looking for more innovative ways to help with their symptoms. Some of the folks that are in my category, the older folks, we're okay with just continuing to try another medication for a time or two. But the young folks, they want the response and they want it quick. So they don't want to mess around for a year with four trials of medicines and all of those kinds of things. And it works. That's a real important thing. I think I thought of what the other thing I wanted oh, yeah. to say back. So I want to sure. come back to that. We're talking about predominantly treatment of treatment-resistant depression because that's its biggest section and that's what it's really most well-known for. It has also been approved for anxiety. When we And we know that people with depression, about 50% of people who have depression also tell us that they have anxiety. Mm -hmm. So they worry, they, they're anxious about things, even though they're depressed. So my point is we can treat both at the same time, which you cannot do that with ECT. You can't do that okay. with bravado. But you can actually treat the depression, move the coil to the other side, mm. change the pulsing sequence, and treat the anxiety all wow. in the same treatment. Do you see? Yeah, so you do that, but it extends the time from 18 to 20 minutes to 22 to 24 minutes. It adds a few more minutes to it. You heard me say how rapid the pulsing was with depression. We're trying to activate these mm -hmm. brain cells. The other side, we're actually trying to tone it down. Uh -huh. So it's a very slow pulse, 600 pulses or a thousand, depending on the particular practice that you see. So again, those are differences that affect your chance or your choice, particularly if you have an anxiety component, you have at least a chance of that symptom being also improved with TMS. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Jones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Shrestha, any other takeaways you'd like to share? No, doctor. I learned from him. <laughs> We're both learning from him. Yeah. Um... He, he covered it very well. <laughs> one, one, one more last thing. We didn't actually talk about it, but when you're talking about what are your options after you've tried medications and counseling, the next option, this is how I think of it, would be TMS versus ketamine or Spravata. Mm. That, again, is, an, is a relatively non-invasive treatment that's done in the office it's, a, it's the ketamine treatments. It does require a person having someone with them because it requires them sitting in the office for an hour, getting an IV drip of ketamine. So they can't just do that by themselves unless they want to wait a couple of hours after the treatment in order for them to have cleared up completely to be able to drive. And unless something's happened fairly recently, the, the insurance companies still are not paying for the IV ketamine. Is that your understanding, Dr. Shrestha? Or, or do they pay for it? State dependent. In Tennessee, it's not. It's totally not covered by insurance. If it is yeah, so it's not a covered treatment in Georgia either. Okay. Not the IV 
part. Okay. The, the insurance company has begun approving what's called Spavato, which is a nasal, nasal. spray. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really mostly for maintenance. Okay. It's really not strong enough to be the first line of treatment. But if they want to pay out of pocket to get the ketamine treatments, which usually are eight to 10 treatments, and depending on the practice, are 250 to $350 a piece, if you're talking about cost. Mm-hmm. And then they would try, and if they got a response, then they would use the nasal spray to help maintain that, just like we've talked about maintenance ECT, right. and we've talked about maintenance TMS. So those are your sequences. You try your medications. You try the counseling. That doesn't work. In my opinion, TMS is your next recommendation. If that doesn't work, then ketamine, because ketamine and TMS use the same circuitry, and people ask, why don't you do both at the same time? As Dr. Trusty said, you don't want to overload the system. There's some risk involved with that also. So you use one. If one doesn't work, then you have the other one as an option. And then as a much more invasive treatment, you have the ECT. Now, I want to say one last thing. I'm not against ECT. I'm telling you how a person should think about making their decisions. But ECT works, and ECT is effective. And ECT is the treatment of choice for what we call psychotic depression. That's a person who's depressed, but also maybe hearing voices in their head or paranoid or other things, which, again, Mm -hmm. is why we need a clinical assessment before we even recommend TMS. But... When that is the case, then ECT is without any question the next decision to make. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Yes. Tressa. Thank you, Dr. Jones. Yes, for our pleasure. Doing a comprehensive overview of TMS. Yes. And I know our listeners are going to take a lot from this. And as you just described, I think they'll really be able to come armed with understanding what, if this would be the best treatment approach for them. So I thank you both for sharing all your information and knowledge about this. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Enjoyed it. See you later. I'd like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Whitten, and Chris Kalman, with a special thanks to Jason Clayton, who edits our episodes. Thank you for listening to Convos from the Couch. Take care, everyone.